Jane and Dan are now going to discuss the application process from an intern and graduate's point of view about how to apply to the Royal Navy. So when you're ready. Cool, yeah, so our application process really starts with the, the front door, um, which is all online now on our website. Um, you kind of need to make a decision on what, what role you want to be in and then you can get that either by talking to you know, the, the engineer specialists uh, at recruitment fairs mm -hmm. or you can you can go online and fill out a find out more form which will allow us to contact you mm -hmm. uh, by phone or email to try and discuss the role itself to make sure that you've got the most most knowledge you need to make that informed decision at the end of it. Um, but once you've found the, the role that you want to apply for, you just go onto the website, search for that role uh, and then there'll be a red apply now button Yeah. Uh, and that's really where it all starts and, and your sort of journey begins if you like. How serious is it though? So from a student point of view, you click that button. Yep. How scary is clicking that button? Does it mean that they signed up for the next 50 years of their life or is there still a, a lot of process behind the, before they, they yeah, get Yeah, so there? there is still a lot of process. We say yeah. the process takes, on average, um, probably between nine and 12 months. So it is okay. quite a long process. That can be expedited and made quicker, mm -hmm. depending on how available uh, the student or the candidate is to, to go into the careers office and fulfill kind of some of the stuff that you need to do. Yeah, so just thinking to our listeners now then, this is the prime time to be applying now. Yeah, so, so we recruit. Really be starting. Yeah, so we recruit sort of 24 7, 365 days a year. We don't ever close the recruitment window yeah. uh, or our job window, and we will take anybody kind of. And there's three entries to Dartmouth uh, so one in January, one in May time, and then one in September. Mm -hmm. So you come in at one of them entries. Um, so I, I would say apply anytime. We mm -hmm. can always defer your start date, so mm -hmm. particularly if you're at, at university um, and you don't want to start, we, we wouldn't take you until the end of studies anyway. Um, yeah. So we just defer your date until then, but you can go through the recruitment process and just be held mm -hmm. held at that point. We do mm -hmm. offer bursaries as well, so if you want to get get on kind of that commitment earlier, yeah, um, we do offer four thousand pounds a year bursary whilst you're studying. That's good for each year of study. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would say just if you want to just commit and apply to the navy, then don't be held back by, oh, I'll do it nearer the time or whenever yeah. it might be. Mm -hmm. you know, get it out of the way, and then you can concentrate on your studies. Yeah. I suppose it's an advantage to the student to get the application in or the you know the procedure started sooner rather than later because they can get the bursary and everything else. It is, yeah, and, yeah. and it'll also give you time to kind of work on your fitness because you'll have mm -hmm. sort of interaction one on one with one of our area careers liaison officers who will guide you through the whole process anyway, mm -hmm. and they'll be your link to the navy. Yeah, uh, if you like, so they can kind of talk you through what the next stages are, what you need to do. You need to work on your fitness a bit, or you know you need to do this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really the next good. step. So they've, they've, they've clicked off Gradcracker, they've come to your site, they've put an initial kind of application interest in. Yep. They'll then go and see it, the local office. So so that after you've clicked that initial one, yeah. um, it gets checked for eligibility. Right, and okay. then a link is sent back to you if you, if you make the eligibility criteria based on nationality, age, um, and residency. Right. Um, then you get a link to register on our recruitment portal. And that's when you're then handed over to the, the local careers office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when, when they'll get in contact with you to start the next elements of the process, all the stuff that you need to go in mm -hmm. um, and have assessed. Yeah. So the careers office then, are they, is the majority <coughs> one in every city or? They are, they are dotted around the UK. You can find your local one kind of online via our website, mm -hmm. um, yeah. but most of the major cities um, will have one yeah. on there. Brilliant. Okay. And then how, from, so we're just taking it right back, so they're invited to the local careers office. You know, how serious is that then? Is that is it like a job interview? Would you expect them to go suited and booted? So yes, you yeah. know, turn up in, in smart 
casual, um, like ripped jeans, things like that. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is, like you said, it's a job interview and that's where we get our first impressions. Yeah. You are, the careers officers are constantly kind of reporting back to the Admiralty Interview Board and, and areas like that on, you know, who you are as a person, how you come across, yeah. you know, how, how focused you are, how committed driven, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say every time you walk into that careers office, you need to be selling yourself, if you like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, smart, casual. So there's preparation then, um, so become nicely dressed. Research then, you know, really the need to understand really what the Navy do and the different elements which potentially they could be going into. Yeah. That would help. Yeah, so I would say research the job. Uh, there's a lot of information online. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you've got to speak to one of the, the recruitment specialists or even if you just popped in on the off chance to a local careers office, they're more than happy to sit you down you know, and have a chat with you mm -hmm. half an hour to an hour you know, completely non-committal, yeah. um, just to find out more about the Navy and yeah. what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a publication for the Navy News, which comes out monthly. You can, okay. find, uh, you can find it online, um, or you can find some, some news agents, mainly around the Naval ports, I would, right. would suggest. But that gives you a detail of what the Navy's been doing for the last month. Yeah. Um, again, there's a, a news page on the Navy website as well that delivers kind of unit-level news. Mm -hmm. So every ship will have their own kind of page and their own news stories about what they've been doing. So what would happen at that point, so say for example <coughs> they've applied for, let's look at what the opportunities you've got on Gridecracker, so you've got, they've applied for the weapon engineer officer role and then at the point they've come in, they've spoken to someone, this person has maybe talked about another role and they're thinking oh actually that sounds a bit more me than the role I actually applied to. Would it be okay at that point to say, actually, I'm not too sure, I think I'm more attracted to this role now? How easy is it to switch? Yep, so whilst you're in the recruitment process, it's, yeah. it's fairly easy to switch. The careers office can do that for you. Right. Um, the recruitment process is very generic okay. uh, for officers or AMRATINs alike. Mm -hmm. um, so everything up to the point of joining Dartmouth, which is where we do our basic training, is all exactly the same. So you can chop and change kind of mm -hmm. whenever. Obviously, if you're going to chop and change every month, yeah, um, yeah. Then, then I'd suggest you, you probably are unsure still about what role you need to be mm -hmm. you need to be in and you might need to speak to one of us uh, even myself or Dan about mm -hmm. the different engineering specialisations so we can try and work out kind of where you think you might fit in yeah so careers offices you know that bit's done what, what's part of the next process yeah. so during during that phase you do uh, a medical yeah uh, so you'll be sent to to a capita based um surgery yeah. area and they'll just do a basic medical for you so to so check you over which involves things like blood tests or yes yeah, yeah. it's kind yeah. of it's very high level stuff okay um, it's not a massive in-depth thing yeah. they'll, they'll look at your medical history yeah. and all in bits and pieces to make sure that you haven't you know got any sort of illness that would deter you from joining the navy yeah um there is a list of them on online on the website okay yeah um to give you an idea before you go into a medical mm -hmm. um, any old injuries mm -hmm. um so have you broken the bone before and has that repaired properly all that sort of stuff is what what we're looking at really yeah um, and whether or not you'll be able to deal with the, the fitness and that sort of area whilst you're in service okay if there'll be any issues in the future yeah um so that's part of it and then there's a fitness test as well yeah uh, so, so 2.4 kilometer run on a treadmill mm -hmm. um, and we send you to one of our nuffield we've got a a partnership with Nuffield uh, Health Centres. You do a 2.4k run. Uh, is that got to be done in a certain time frame? It is. So yeah. there is there is specified times depending on your age uh, okay. and your gender as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're all published online. All mm -hmm. your local careers officer can give you the information on that. Yeah. Um, but that that's the kind of thing that you know is coming and you can train for. Yeah. So as Dan was saying, we've got on online an eight week kind of program to get you fit to start basic training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that involves a bit of running, a bit of swimming. You know, some some of the cardiovascular stuff. Yeah. 
So is that is that it then? Is that the only fitness <coughs> part element of the application process? Um, so yes, that's the only pass fail fitness mm -hmm. element. Um, after that, then you do some career interviews with the the local careers officer. Yeah. Who will kind of discuss about AIB then. Mm -hmm. So that's the Admiral Interview Board. Okay. Uh, and that's the two day residential interview, if you like, final selection for uh, entry to as an officer. Yeah. So uh, what do those days kind of consist of? Which, yeah. What would they need to bring? How can they prepare for it? You know, in terms of even cost, you know, do they have to pay for it themselves? What does it entail? Yeah, so it's all, so the Navy will pay for it, all they pay for your travel down. Brilliant, um, yeah. Uh, and accommodation is free overnight as well. So you'll stay at HMS Salt mm -hmm. one of our training bases, which is where the Admiral Energy Board is, is held mm -hmm. in one of the buildings there. Um, and that's what we do is a series of things. So you'll do a psychometric testing. Mm -hmm. So very much, if you, if you go online, just top Google psychometric testing, you'll see the kind of things that we go. So mechanical comprehension, English, a bit of maths in there, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but nothing, nothing really to worry about. Uh, then we'll do some practical leadership tasks with you. So we'll put you in situations where you, you've got to complete a task and you might be the leader of a you know, four-man team. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see how you react to kind of the pressure situations. What happens when things go wrong? Do you stop, take a breath, and then work out a new plan, brief that plan, and, mm -hmm. and continue? This is a perfect time to give an insight. So what are you really looking for? If you're you know, sat on that board look, looking in at a graduate, how he, she is leading a team do you want somebody who's really you know authoritative and really shouty what what's the person there that you're looking for um so everybody's leadership style kind of changes and it depends on the situation that you're in and it's, it's your ability to be able to adapt to the situation you're in so if you're in a high yeah. pressure environment and you need something done quickly then then you go to that that kind of shouty authoritative yeah kind of leadership style but if you're you know you've got a bit more time about it and you're just looking to motivate people and go more into a coaching kind of role mm -hmm. um, and that's something that we teach you throughout the navy anyway yeah. um, how to adapt your leadership style to the situation mm -hmm. um looking for someone who who can inspire others can motivate people to complete a task the same task yeah um, and drive people in the same sort of directions i suppose would you say that you know if a person's putting on an act so if they're not being true to themselves and who they really are you'd be able to tell that from the interview process and would you say, you know, be be yourself because your true self will come across better? I, I would personally agree with that. I'd say, yeah. yeah, everyone has their own way of, as Ben says, their own leadership style. So mm -hmm. um, just embrace what sort of leader you are and yeah. the, the, the team will be able to see that. So yeah, even playing into that, good communication skills, good team working skills, it's all sort of things that the board will be looking at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely just be yourself and be the own sort of, demonstrate the leadership style that you uh, feels appropriate for the situation mm -hmm. and for how you are as a person. So proof in the pudding then, obviously we've got both of you here today, how do you differ between your leadership styles? So I'd say mine is, uh, I think you're always kind of developing this sort of leadership style right, yeah, and yeah. I don't think any one leadership style is is better or worse than others. Yeah. I mean, we give uh, lectures on sort of leadership styles mm -hmm. as part of our sort of internship programme and um, you know, there's situations where you require a more directive leader. Yeah. So maybe like a damage control firefighting situation mm -hmm. when it's you know, high consequence, high pressure sort of environments. Yeah. Um, directive does tend to work. Yeah. Sometimes when you've got a bit more time, uh, more of the coach kind of comes out of me and I've kind of exhibit more of a sort of coaching leadership style yeah. uh, to give people the opportunity to learn from yeah. the experiences. So. Is it one that you prefer or do you just think it just depends on the situation you just need to I, be I think that it, person? I think it absolutely depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And the, certainly the training you do with the Navy will put you in a whole raft of different situations mm -hmm. where, you know, one leadership style just, just won't be right. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. I'd argue we have to be kind of more adaptable than you know, a civilian company would have to be because yeah. we are putting them kind of life situations Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the high pressure environments but then yeah. in the same vein we are we're putting the other side of things mm-hmm. so yeah. you know where there's no pressure on we've got loads of time to go into a coaching mode and try and develop our people mm-hmm. um, so yeah it, yeah definitely adaptability is yeah. it's a critical part but you, you help with that though i don't i don't want some of the listeners today to be thinking oh actually i don't know if i can deal with it like that high pressure life and death situation environment but you will guide them through that training and to make sure they're fully equipped yeah so our whole whole basic training at Dartmouth is all geared towards sort of developing your leadership styles and putting you in them situations so you so you know more how you will react mm. yeah. as opposed to this is how you are going to react yeah uh, and we'll, we'll know exactly that as well yeah um, so that we can you know mold your career if you like and um, towards kind of where you're best suited if you mm-hmm. that makes sense I think for anyone coming in, you know, we, we're not looking for the perfect leader. I don't think. Yeah. E- even those, you know, naval personnel who serve for sort of full careers, mm-hmm. um, they'll never lead the service as a, as a perfect leader. I think it's no. something that you're always going to grow into, mm-hmm. and you're always going to learn from um, experiences. Yeah. Uh, the navy's just really brilliant to give you those experiences and put you in a position of leadership and yeah. Yeah. allow you to understand yourself a bit more, really. Yeah. How you lead. I, I bet so. you learn a lot about yourself though through this whole process. Know, being put in situations that you probably never expected to be put in and how you dealt with that situation rightly or wrongly um, I suppose it's always a bit of a learning curve isn't it which putting it out there somebody might not get from the civilian world um, so you know if you do want to push the boundaries a little bit and get to know the true you but be continuously wanting to change evolve move forward then obviously the forces is place for you isn't it yeah as sort of Ben was saying earlier the sort of sport adventurous training it gives you that opportunity to to learn those sort of things as yeah. well from from those experiences whether it's you know you're halfway up a mountain and the sort of fog comes in and you've got to leave mm-hmm. the team off you know that's sort of a real world situation yeah, you could yeah. potentially find yourself if you're in if you're into adventurous training that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. the navy gives you those opportunities to be able to do that and, yeah. uh, and learn from it so. mm-hmm. fair Okay, so sorry, digress a little bit there as we always do. Um, so next part of the um, application process. So you're you're in front of this board. Agree interview board. Yeah. Yeah. How many how many people are there then? So to me, it's like a board of directors. Sat, you know, four yeah. or five looking at you for the period of time. Is it like that, or is that a bit of a myth? Um, so you are you are constantly assessed by yeah. kind of everybody that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, your your syndicate will probably only interact with maybe three or four staff during your, your period there. Yeah. Over the, the multitude of, of things we kind of assess against. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so psychometrics then you've done your, your PLTs, then you do a planning exercise, it's yeah. the next sort of process. Um, and there we give you a map and a scenario uh, in your syndicate of four people. So it'd be four other uh, people at the end of the interview going for selection. Yeah. Um, and you work together with the team to come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scenario might be, um, one of, one of your team has broken his leg and you need to get from this position to this position, you've yeah. got a car, a boat, whatever it might be, yeah. but that bridge is broken, how are you going to achieve your objective? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a little discussion piece there, so 20, 30 minutes of that, uh, then you present your plan back to the board, mm-hmm. um, then the board members will start p- uh, asking questions of you, so quite quick fire questions, so that, again that sort of raises the pressure, yeah. and it would be number one what time is it now number two how long will it take you to get from here to here so you mm-hmm. need to be quite quick quick thinking yeah and being able to make decisions quite quickly mm-hmm. it's all speed distance time calculations and things like that so definitely brush up on them before you go 
before you go down there so you can answer them quickly. Yeah. Um, don't switch off at any point just because it's not your turn to be yeah. your <laughs> yeah. turn to be quizzed. If they don't get it right, they will move on to to the next candidate in line. Yeah. Um, so you need to be able oh, to answer really? everybody's so questions as you well. You screw up. You have to do it. You right. Yeah, okay. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. So so make sure you're switched on for the full, <laughs> the full yeah. period. Um, and then after the questioning, uh, they send you out of the room, uh, and you get another ten minutes to come up with your own plan. Right, and then yeah. you go back in and brief that and it's whether or not you would change your plan, whether you stick to the original plan, can you adapt, yeah, yeah. You know, use your initiative, why would you change that is based that on the questioning. Is that an individual going back in or you hold me? No, no, that's an individual by then. Okay, um, right, okay. So you definitely have to be switched on then because you... Yeah, you want to listen yeah. to what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly that. The would you encourage them to change it? Um, it very much depends on sort of the outcomes of the questioning. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're not going to have... The, the staff answer plan by the end of it because so much changes and they'll introduce new things mm -hmm. if you right, are getting okay. the staff answer they'll try and push you away from that things like that yeah um it's it's not whether you change it or whether you stick with the plan um it's about why you've done that why you've mm. made that decision yeah um, but but yeah nobody gets gets the staff answer plan so there will always be kind of little little tweaks little amends yeah, yeah i'd use the car instead of the boat because of this reason as long yeah. as you can justify it yeah, that, that's what kind of we're looking for. So there isn't really a right or a wrong answer. It's how you think about the situation, how you deal with it. So yeah, how you justify it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there will yeah. be like some moral components, as, you know, that are thrown into the scenarios as well. Um, and the board will just be looking to see what your sort of how, how your sort of moral compass is really mm -hmm. as well to a certain extent. So yeah. yeah. And how how much you stand by your beliefs and how your sort of courage really. Yeah. To a extent as well. Okay. Uh, and then the final part of the day is the interview itself. Yeah. Um, so you go and sit, sit in front of I think it's two members of the board um, and they're, they're just asking questions about your motivations again, mm -hmm. why you want to join the Navy, what experience have you had in, in your past life to have made you the person you are today. Mm -hmm. um, they try and they get all that out of you. Yeah. Um, and, and really what they're looking for there, like I said, is, is the motivation, mm -hmm. um, why you are as you are because the stuff that they would have discovered about you Mm -hmm. They might dig deeper into kind of past experiences, what's happened when you're growing up and things like that, and then they'll understand why you are an authoritative leader or yeah. this this is, this event has happened to make you, you know, more look at your morality and things yeah. like that. Okay. So it's just kind of understanding the person. Yeah. About say it sounds quite a personal yeah, experience yeah. that it's yeah, not yeah. your traditional kind of interview then, isn't it? It's maybe digging, you know, what what is your mindset now, understanding the mindset and thinking you know how what are you going to be like if we do put you out there um i don't again i'm just thinking you know, if it was me how could i prepare for that what could i do i think obviously you, you want people to be open and be honest i guess you yep. want people to you know feel comfortable the, you know that they will tell you you know maybe some past experience even if they've been hard haven't been great i'm guessing you still want to hear those and yeah it's how they reacted to them them situations yeah. so have you just given up as that you know you just put that part of your life behind you or mm -hmm. how have you come out the other end and what have you done to try and resolve the situation yeah it comes back to just just be yourself yeah really. you know don't try and tell the board what you think they want you to do yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because that's not who we're looking for no you know we're not looking for robots we're looking for personalities mm -hmm. yeah and that are able to inspire and motivate people and if you're, you're just the, the yes man and give the staff answer every time that's that kind of doesn't instill that much motivation yeah and I think everyone's going to have different experiences in life, and mm -hmm. being able to have a you know set a bit of time aside and reflect upon those experiences, and you know some people have some unfortunately have some really harrowing experiences mm -hmm. that they've they've learned from. Some people might not just have those experiences in life, but they yeah. 
equally a small experience as long as you can reflect upon it and you've learned something mm-hmm. um, then that's kind of what the board are looking for really yeah. how, how do you reflect upon it how has it affected your sort of leadership or the way you are mm-hmm. your sort of morality as well so so everything then so maybe you know maybe the, the bad times and the good times maybe what they've achieved you know what they've maybe the feelers that they've done really well at what they're most proud of on yeah. kind of just get to know the person really, so that's exactly it? them sorts of questions yeah yeah um, and in terms of preparation, the area careers li- uh, liaison officer mm-hmm. who will he will guide you through that process mm-hmm. um, and make sure that you're ready to go to have a interview board before they even give you or apply for a date for you to go down there. There's a lot of support then, isn't there, along the way? So you, you're not really left yeah. on your own. You know, there's a lot of guidance about where, and they obviously this person as well will be honest with you. So fitness wise, if you're not ready, they will tell you well if you don't think you are prepared to do this obviously they're not going to put you into that position and yeah. um, that you are going to fail <clears throat> that's it and, and your act like will will guide you through that and ensure that when you're ready to go to ARB he's presented you in sort of the, the best way you possibly can and prepared yeah. you for it in the best way you can so yeah. we're, we're not trying to set anyone up to fail they're setting you up to do the best you can out of that ARB yeah. process I'm glad you said so. that because I think some students I think they do they look at recruiters and they think oh god I, you know do they want the best do they actually want me to get the job or is it just going to be that awful situation where am I are they just mm. setting me up to fail are they trying to you know look are they actually going to result, say, yeah. yeah and I think um, I'm glad you've touched upon that because I think a lot of our students do worry they think you know I don't think they actually look at you guys as actual people sometimes yeah. I think they have build this in their head and imagine it to be something really horrendous when ultimately you guys just want the best and you want to put them in the best um, role. So yeah, definitely take that from from what these guys are saying. Is is that the recruitment process so far? Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Admiral Board is kind of the last hurdle, yeah. uh, if you like, and then from there you'll either get a pass or a fail from that. Yeah. You can get selected to reattend Admiral Interview Board, or mm-hmm. if you pass, then you'll just go forward for selection mm-hmm. and then you'll be selected out of, out of the, the people that have been through Admiralty Interview Board themselves. So at that, at that point then, would they know <clears throat> what would be next? They would know that they've got that job, they'll be standing in training here and this is when it all so, starts. So not else. after Admiralty Interview Board, you'll find out pass or fail right? Um, and, and you won't get any feedback from the Admiralty Interview Board themselves. That report will go back to your at close or your careers liaison mm-hmm. officer. Okay. Who will then be able to provide you feedback uh, based on that. Mm-hmm. But then you're waiting on the selection board. Um, so once the selection board sits, then you'll find out you'll get a, an offer of employment um, yeah. for whatever role you've applied for. If you apply for a role, you won't get offered another role. Mm-hmm. You'll be offered the role that you've applied for okay, in the selection. And then you'll get a joining date as well, yeah. which can be deferred um, if you're still studying or you know you want to take six months to travel over to, to Langer mm-hmm. or something like that. And then we do defer. So that even those. up to that point, they can defer it right up until then. So yeah. they could have all good intention to start on your set day and then something yeah. happens and you think, actually, I want to go and do this instead. They can change it. Yeah, the only provisos are, so our review board lasts for a certain amount of time scale. So if you want to delay it or defer it for, for two years, mm-hmm. let's say, because you want to go travelling or whatever, you can change a lot in two years if you go travelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to kind of defer your application, you might have to go back and do Admiralty Interview Board again okay. and then go through the recruitment process again, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but certainly you know, six months, you know, 12 months maybe is not, not going to be much of an issue okay. um, if you want to defer and do a bit of travelling afterwards. So just to finish off this podcast then about the application process, Dan I think this is more of a question to you, 
because um, you went through this this whole process, didn't you? When you, when you um, were applying to the Royal Navy, yeah. What bit were you the most intimidated about um, as part of that whole process, and how can you kind of allay any fears that some of the graduates might have um, during this whole thing? You know, it sounds from you know a civilian perspective, it sounds quite intimidating. You know, all these residents trips and everything else um, so how can you help the graduates so I think from my perspective the, the practical leadership task is something that is so unique to a sort of a military environment it's very hard to prepare for that mm -hmm. um, so that was probably the mo the thing I was most nervous for as part of that whole selection process um, but in hindsight the team you've got you've got like four people with you and amongst the team you'll have the answer to solving the the leadership task and as a leader yeah. you've kind of got to draw upon what mm. you've got the strength you've got in the team yeah um so i think for me it was yeah definitely i was nervous about that mm -hmm. but yeah using your team and drawing upon the strength you've got is, is what's going to get you through it and, and you need to own the decisions you're going to make as the leader as well yeah so take on board what your team have to offer mm -hmm. but make the plan your own still own it still keep that command and control of the exercise mm -hmm. um but utilise what strength you've got, definitely. And mm -hmm. I think, looking back, if I went through it all again, um, I'd definitely be more prepared for it now. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's the unknown, really. Mm. Um, I think the misconception of being a good leader as well, though, Dan, is um, that you don't have to listen. And I think that, you know, that a good leader is one of those people who does listen, does yeah. take everybody's thoughts on board, and then it's the, leader, the leader's job is then to manage everybody's thoughts and then put it into a good way to present it to whoever you're presenting it to. And I think I think a lot of people think that for a, for a leader, sorry, you need to come up with the, the answer straight away without listening in. Mm. Um, and I think that's where people go wrong. Mm. That's exactly it, yeah. Because yeah. you, you will have the answer there. Amongst you, you have the answer. And it's, as yeah. a leader, you need to sort it out and untangle all these thoughts and mm, yeah. these, the collective sort of opinions on how to achieve the aim. Mm -hmm. yeah. Put it all together into like a constructive plan and then yeah. own that plan and, mm -hmm. and deliver that plan yeah. and see that plan through. So have the courage to you know commit yeah. to something and to oh, take on other people's ideas as well. And be open-minded, I think, then as well. It, you yeah. know, people going quite close to oh, I must be right. You know, I've got this X Y Z experience, um, but at the end of the day, I think you've both said about this whole process is it's it's picking up other people's experiences along the journey and being open-minded, listening, and everything else. And that's the key, obviously, to being a leader. Those communication skills are yeah. are really important. Yeah, mm -hmm. listening as well as talking. Yeah. About it's nice that I think that I think that's the thing I think sometimes when you know as a civilian looking at the military or oh, you, you're like robots you know you like this just 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 and it's it's interesting when you hear it that really deep down you are still wanting individuals you are still wanting people that you know mm. might not be as confident in one situation but can really shine in the other then you can build a career on that kind of individual and put them somewhere which you know would fit but then also you know teaching them the skills so then they can improve when maybe they're not that good at something you can then give them all the tools to to improve and get better at it it's, it's quite inspiring really isn't it mm. where do i apply <laughs> <laughs>